Hello and welcome to D Up Podcast. This is Louis Belletta, and thank you for taking a seat at the D Up table again. I really appreciate it. We're going to talk about everything you guys wanted to talk about, including the Lakers mess we're going to get to, but it's playoff time. So let's get right into it. After a historic run, the Trailblazers lost to the Golden State Warriors. It was a bit disappointing because, as you know, I have been rooting for the Trailblazers, CJ and Damian, yet credit the Golden State Warriors for completely shutting down the monster train that was Damian Lillard. He had so much momentum heading into the series after completing the Game 7. The Trailblazers did, and so did CJ and Damian, but... Damian really got face guarded, and when Golden State lost Kevin Durant, the ball started to move a bit quicker. Uh, the team started to play, in my mind, a lot better as a team. And their assists stayed at, at about the same clip, yet they were a bit harder to beat. Now, Kevin Durant has openly went out and, and, and fought this theory. Uh, But the Golden State Warriors, there's no doubt about it, are playing better without Kevin Durant. I don't care what anyone tells me. Um, They're much more dangerous. And looking forward, whoever they play, the Milwaukee Bucks or the Toronto Raptors, it's going to be a series, yet Golden State, in my opinion, will host the trophy. See, the Trailblazers were up in many of those games. They were in control, and then... It was like a volcano waiting to erupt, as we know the Warriors can do. When they put that switch on, it's an all-out onslaught. I went to the kitchen sink. to I remember in one of these games, the the Blazers were up 14. I went to the sink to go get something and to play around with some dishes or whatever it may be. And the Warriors were within three. And it, it had to have taken at the tops two minutes. I mean... This is a team that can get hot really quick. They have two of the best shooters in history, if two or two of the best shooters in history in Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. And when that ball moves, like I said, and you have Steph Curry dancing at the top of the key, which is that flag mark for where the Golden State Warriors are about to run over you, that's what's going to happen. And it's like a shark treading in the water. And just just circling. They're just trying to stay close to you. And once you start to bleed, it's over. They're going to rip you to shreds. And that's what the Golden State Warriors do. The unsung hero in all this, Draymond Green. The, the You might hate him, but he's the glue that, that keeps this ship together. I mean, he was a an engine in this series. Driving to the basket, some key clutch three-pointers. And just a, a, a real muscle defensive rebounding machine as well. Uh, He's the engine that gets everybody going. He seemed to be more pumped up than usual, and it seemed like his season was just starting. Um, It's very scary for the rest of the league. Uh, Again, these are the core three who who have won 73 games without Kevin Durant, without DeMarcus Cousins. So let's not throw in those uh, excuses here that those two guys are down and the Warriors might be vulnerable. Give me a break. I said from the very beginning of the year, uh, they didn't need Kevin Durant or, I mean, in, in all, I remember everyone saying, oh, they have such a, a weak bench. Yeah, well, they have a weak bench. What does that matter? You still have your core guys. And, and these guys can wipe anybody off the map. And uh, when they're playing with their roles that are defined, remember, this is a well-coached team. A well-coached team, the Warriors are, with well-defined roles and people who know their roles and a bench that, in my estimation, is not too shabby. 
they do produce because it is a team system. This is a team that's just superior. Add Kevin Durant to the mix and it's not fair. Um, I find it very hard to not root for the Warriors without Kevin Durant. You know, when Kevin joined the Warriors, I think we all were very uh, skeptical of the NBA, the league, and we, we kind of turned against the Warriors. But um, it's hard to, to hate a team that plays this well, that's this well coached, and with their role player, with their role players having well-defined roles. You have Quinn Cook in there, just just running the show at times, and. And uh, it reminds me of the Spurs a lot, where guys could just fit into their roles. They're well-coached, they're well-practiced, and they just, they just fit the bill. And that's a team system. And every NBA team should be looking at the Warriors and trying to get better like the Warriors. Because um, if you have a blueprint, and if you play basketball out there, you'll get what I'm talking about. If the blueprint is this, the template is this good uh, in terms of being San Antonio-like, college basketball-like, where the roles are, are, are very defined, the offense, the defensive schemes are very defined, everything is practiced and executed to uh, a T, and the players play hard all the time, like a college team, it, it makes for a very well-run, not only organization, a well-run team, especially made for the playoffs, because in the playoffs, um, execution is needed 48 minutes uh, hard play on the defensive as well as the offensive end is is needed but the big point I'm getting to here is that 28 assist mark that the Golden State Warriors hit 27 assists as a, as a team 29 you know they're always hovering around that number when you're when you're getting that number of assists you you you're playing a team ball game and basketball is a team ball game and people People wonder why the, the Golden State Warriors win every year. Well, just look at their assist totals. Um, San Antonio is always up there as well. Wonder why they always win. It's the teams that play as a team, not just give the ball into one guy and go into isolation. If we're going back to the Knicks and Carmelo and all that crap. Listen, that type of ball, it's great on the street, whatever it may be, but these guys are professionals. We, li we live in a professional league, and if the ball moves – the teams become more efficient with their shots. Uh, and as you see, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the wins. And the consistent teams have been who? The Warriors and the Spurs. The Spurs are always there. The Warriors are always there now these days. And um, I hope more teams can, can start to, to abide by, by that template. And it would fix the game of basketball as well, rather than this one-on-one this -on -one crap. You know, one-on-one -on -one crap does well at the end of games when you need Damian Lillard to sidestep a three near half court. I'm sure you give the ball to Michael Jordan at the, the elbow, tell him to just do what he wants to do. That's great. Give it to Kevin Durant one-on-one. -on -one. It works at the end of the game. But this is also a numbers game. Uh, it's a, an efficiency game. So assist total, you know, ball movement, the speed of the ball movement, all of this really matters in terms of win total and um we we're gonna see i hope we're gonna see a lot more teams especially my new york knicks i hope can can abide by this template and uh get away from the one-on-one -on -one stuff now moving forward i'm not gonna start uh previewing the um the finals but let's move forward to the milwaukee toronto series uh the other half of the nba and we have Giannis Adekumpo 
and the Milwaukee Bucks, the others, the other guys. And uh, basically that team has surrounded itself with three-point shooters. It's surrounded Giannis with, with three-point shooters. And um, uh, up until this point, it's, it's worked. Now, Toronto, in these last two games, have sort of cracked a code almost. They've come from obscurity in those first two games to now winning games three and four. In game three, if you remember, they pulled a Damian Lillard. The Toronto Raptors had pulled a Damian Lillard on Giannis Adekumpo, totally shutting him down, which for me was a shock of a lifetime. I didn't think Giannis could be shut down. In glaring game three, he scored 12 points. I couldn't picture Giannis scoring 12 points in a game. Then in the second, the, the, the second game in Toronto, uh, the Raptors... You know, they let him get out to a hot start, but then they limited him at the end. He wound up finishing with 25 points. Uh, credit the Raptors' defense. Credit Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi's the best guy, on, I mean, the best defender in the NBA. Uh, credit uh, Nick Nurse and the defensive schemes. The Toronto team, all of a sudden, is looking viable when every NBA critic and expert wrote them off after their dismal start, especially after game one. Now this is a series, and it's a formidable series. But what an amazing series we have. We get to watch Kawhi Leonard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and we get to watch this for presumably the next couple of years and, and beyond that. Two wonderful superstars to watch. These guys are fundamentally sound. Uh, they both play defense. They both play offense. And, you know, both of them carry their respective teams in team fashion, as in they're not selfish players. Uh, Kawhi has gotten very aggressive in these playoffs, which I love. He's taken a lot of shots. He's become that alpha guy, and we see him growing in front of our very eyes. And Giannis is still has three more games in this series to show his medal and to show who he is. And I predict Giannis has a big two to three games in the rest of the series. He's not going out because Giannis is an alpha himself. So we got two wolves going at it. And this is this reminds me of shades of the 90s, you know, the tough guys that used to go and these tough guys that used to go head to head and play defense to, and play team ball the right way. It's, it's a throwback to that. And that's why it's so refreshing. You know, we're not seeing these guys like go, you know, between the legs, behind the back, shooting from half court and blah, 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 this and that. They're, they're really playing the game the right way. And it's beautiful to see. And I'll admit, I really wasn't looking forward to seeing the Bucks and the Raptors. But now that I see it play out in front of me, it's way more exciting than I thought. Kyle Lowry, who has a lot to prove, who hasn't played well in the playoffs. Um, that's been part of the asterisk next to his name as an all-star that he is. He, he's now upping his game. I think in the last game he scored 25 points. Lots of key shots in the series, and he's not disappearing. So let's watch to see if he can continue his good playoff, his recent good playoff run. Uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of things to do about Drake. I don't know. I, in my opinion, I don't know what the big deal is. Drake is uh, sitting courtside at the Toronto game. He's an ambassador of the Raptors, and I think it's good for the NBA that he's involved, like Spike Lee. And so what? He put his hands on the coach. That's the Raptors coach, and they are definitely friends. You could tell. They have that rapport. Um, 
Drake has a rapport with the whole organization. So what are people saying about that? What negative things could you say about, about Drake? He brings uh, more fanfare to the game. It makes it more exciting. Same thing. Like I said, that Spike Lee does in New York, same thing that Jack Nicholson does in LA. These are, these are great ambassadors for the game and, and it makes it fun. We like to see their reactions and after plays, we like to see them interact with the players and and uh, the players can't be snowflakes. Uh, if you get yelled at by a fan, or if you get yelled at by Drake, it shouldn't hurt your little feelings, you know. And and Giannis certainly isn't bothered by it. I think his the his rep, his agent, came out and said something um, about it. But I, I doubt, uh, knowing Giannis, that he would come out and and be bothered by any of this this stuff. And uh, it's really a non-issue with me. I actually love it. I think it's great for the game. Uh, I want to see, like Stephen A. had said, Stephen A. says uh, Drake should go to the Milwaukee game. I would love to see Drake go to the Milwaukee game and get heckled. That would be fun to see because then it's, it's fair. It's on both sides. But I'm, he's just a famous guy. He's just a famous entertainment guy, and uh, that's about it. I mean, there's fans that heckle. There's fans that yell. There's fans that get up out of their seat, and so does Drake. But Drake has a little bit more leeway. He can walk over to a coach. He can walk over to a player, whatever it may be. Uh, and uh, again, rightfully so, he has he has a rapport with these people. So let him let him be who he is, and let the Toronto Raptors fans enjoy it. Uh, their 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 fan base is a great fan base. We the North, and they. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I feel kind of feel bad for the city because it's hard to attract superstars. So let them have who who they have right now, and that's uh, Drake and Kawhi and and a wonderful fan base. So let that keep playing out. I love the whole personality it creates for the Raptors. So moving forward, we got Game Five tonight. That's going to be the swing game. I wish I could have did this podcast after the swing game, but. Um, my opinion is whoever wins this game wins the series. That's kind of statistically how it's always been. So I will uh, move on to the next subject, which is the Los Angeles Lakers and the disarray that's going on over there. We have Magic Johnson going on first take with Stephen A. and talking about uh, and, and Max talking about uh, his relationship with Rob Palinka, Jeannie Buss, and the Lakers organization, the decision makings and. Uh, the thing I took out of that was Magic really felt that he was backstabbed. He was backstabbed by Rob Palinka, and not very much the Knicks, the not very much the Lakers organization. But he was he was being talked about and undermined by uh, Rob Palinka, which of course is Kobe's man, and Kobe has inf- high influence in the uh, Lakers organization. That's why Rob Palinka is actually there. Um, Magic Magic was very candid and open about what was bothering him. Uh, another bullet point from that interview was that he wanted last call on everything. He wanted the final decision. And, you know, it wasn't fun for him not to have the last decision. There was a checks and balances that Magic wasn't used to in his business acumen. He wasn't really ready to um, collaborate, in a sense, uh, with others, you know, including, you know, Rob and everyone else. He wasn't given 100% trust. And uh, he, it wasn't fun anymore, so he stepped down. Now, in regards to how he handled the LeBron thing, he said he, he could have handled it another way, but he didn't. He did it his way, and uh, he's never apologetic about his, his, his decisions. And he made the decision that was right for him in the moment. Sometimes you have to be selfish. Um, so these are some of the bullet points from that, that Magic Johnson uh, interview now. Um, 
Frank Vogel, as you know, was hired as the Lakers coach. Um, uh, there was a press conference the other day. Rob Palinka joined Frank Vogel in introducing him to the Lakers organization. Um, where this will go with LeBron uh, is, you know, bound to be seen yet. We still have to see that relationship and how that plays out. Remember, uh, the Lakers also have as assistant coach Jason Kidd, which is kind of ominous because rumor has it that Jason Kidd will replace in two to three years. He will replace uh, their head coach, Frank Vogel. So the head coach in training right now is Jason Kidd, you know, and uh, that's the off-label use right now for, for Jason. Uh, so who knows what's going to go on, if there's going to be even more infighting in the Lakers organization. Who knows if LeBron will ever demand a trade because of the turmoil. But a lot will, have, will, a lot will rest upon whether or not the Lakers can get a team to play around LeBron in this offseason. Uh, there's, there's a lot of speculation about certain free agents going here and there, but not a lot of uh, speculation about these top free agents going to the Lakers. You know, the Clippers seem to be a high destination right now for Kawhi Leonard and other agents. Uh, New York seems to be a destination. L.A. not so much other than, of course, you know, Anthony Davis, who has made it clear he wants to play in L.A. with LeBron, almost forcing that issue. And the Lakers have abstained from, uh, excuse me, the, the, the Pelicans have abstained from pulling the trigger. They say they won't do it with L.A. We'll see if they could stick to their guns. There's still so much to see that's going to unfold. Keep your eyes peeled on this drama Netflix series, which is the L.A. Lakers organization. Touching on the draft lottery, uh, we see that the New Orleans has now, uh, the Pelicans have gotten the rights to their number one draft pick, which will be Zion Williamson. The Pelicans have made it clear they are not going to trade Zion Williamson, so there will be no Zion uh, fit for New York. Um, uh, you know, the New York fan base is so huge, but maybe not the smartest because <laughs> something that I never really understood. I was a fan for Zion coming to New York, but 14% chance in gambling circles, 14% chance in sports circles is not very high. And... We, generally, we just weren't probably getting Zion in the first place. But Knicks fans held their hats on this notion that Zion was going to be gotten in the, the lottery, in the, in the draft. So um, I hate to tell you, Knicks fans, but, you know, it was a 14% chance. We're almost talking 1 in 10. You weren't getting Zion Williamson. And I knew that. It was just a hope and a dream. And we fantasized about it with our memes and Kyrie Irving and a Knicks jersey, Durant, and then next to him, it's Zion. It's wonderful. Well, Kevin Durant is signed, sealed, and delivered almost. He's coming to New York. Kyrie is almost here. And, but, but Zion was never really a reality. Um, for, again, we're going to go into 14% chance. The real shame in the matter, and this I'll talk about uh, for Knicks fans, you know, another knife in our back right here because I am a huge Knicks fan. A huge knife in the back was how the NBA changed the rules before this year uh, because the Knicks would have had a 1-4 in four chance with the previous rules of last year in 2018 draft rules. We would have had a, a 25% chance of landing Zion Williamson, which um, – that really hurt us. It was a rule 
that uh, this year Adam Silver came up with to deter teams from tanking, uh, whether it works or not. I think it should work as, as remains, remains to be seen. Um, might even change it up in, in the future. But uh, as of right now, uh, teams definitely dropped down. Uh, teams moved up. Uh, it was a wacky lottery lottery system, and uh, the Knicks now will have a shot at uh, J.J. Uh, Morant and, um, and Barrett, uh, probably going the Barrett route because he's going to fall to three, and 90% chance he'll fall to three. Um, whether the Knicks do try to trade that pick or whatever, it, that remains to be seen. Um, but this offseason is not only going to be a huge offseason for the Knicks, but for the whole NBA. It's going to be the most, the most moves for the, the highest amount of superstars uh, ever in, in, in league history. So watch out for trades for those draft picks, uh, monster blockbuster trades, and huge huge free agent signings. So I'm going to be bringing you all of that good stuff all through the summer. Every single week, I'm going to give you the latest on the rumors, what I hear from players. Um, there's going to be a lot of inside information coming your way that you might not hear on the news shows, but um, I'm going to try to keep you up to date with everything. Now, uh, let's watch Game 5 tonight and... And look forward to the finals. Uh, once that finals comes along, Warriors and Raptors, Warriors and Bucks, I'm going to cover it for you. And remember to write in. Uh, get me on Instagram at Lewis space Edward space Balletta. Uh, that is my Instagram. And yes, also my Facebook. Tell me what you think. Give me your opinion. You know, assault me, whatever it may be. <laughs> Uh, tell me how, how much you love what I say or how much you hate it. I want to hear what you feel I should talk about and uh, give me some topics because I really value that. So for D Up Podcast, I want you to stay tuned and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for, for taking your time. Bye-bye.
Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.